Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Praise the Lord, church. Oh, come on. Praise the Lord, church. Who's happy to be in church on a Wednesday night? Amen. First things first, I want to give honor to Bishop, Sister Staten, Pastor and Sister Staten and their family while they're out at NAYC uh, and say thank you for the opportunity to be able to do this tonight. I don't take it lightly. I know you hear all the young ministers get up here to say that, but it's an honest truth. Um, tonight, I'd like to just jump right into it, starting with Matthew chapter 9, verses 10 through 13. If you don't have it, uh, they'll be able to put it up on the screen for you. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. If you've got it, say amen. amen. All right. Matthew 9 and 10 says, As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? Now that's big talk coming from a man who missed it all. When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know that they are sinners. Be seated. So several months ago, I woke up with just this terrible nagging pain in my shoulders. Anybody else wake up with aches and pains anymore? You know, when I, 10 years ago, I, I woke up, I could jump out of bed and hit the floor running and not have any problems. Now it takes a minute to get up. Yeah, I get up and I sit on the edge of the bed and go, I'm not ready, Lord. And then I stand up and I go, I'm still not ready, Lord. And about 20 minutes later, I'm going, Lord, I still ain't ready, but I'm wasted enough time. I got to go. So I woke up and the pain was more than just a, hey, that kind of hurts, but it was more of a, if I don't do something about this, it's going to get worse. So what I did is what every man does. I ignored it. <laughs> I rationalized it away, saying to myself, I must have slept on it funny or just spent too much time looking at my phone before bed, something along those lines. It'll just go away on its own. Except it didn't. Has anybody else been there? Oh, I just did something funny to it. It'll, it'll fix itself, and then it just kind of progressively gets worse. So slowly over the next few weeks, it began to hurt more and more, even to the point where in the evenings I was sitting on the couch with a heating pad trying to get my shoulder just to loosen up so I could go to sleep at night. Now eventually, after far too long, I did the smartest thing that I could have done, and I said something to my wife about it. And she recommended I go and see a physical therapist to be sure there wasn't anything seriously wrong that was causing the pain. 
So after more time passed, because I never do things now, I, everything waits, the pain continued to get worse. So finally, I made the appointment. I got there, and the doctor did an evaluation looking into the root of the matter and prescribed three months of physical therapy, lifestyle changes, and exercise, which is a dirty word to me, for me to do on a regular basis. At the conclusion of the prescribed therapy, the implementation of the lifestyle changes, and the application of exercise, the pain has finally subsided. I can actually move without, like, wincing now. But I wouldn't have known any of this or gotten any relief from the pain if my wife hadn't told me about this doctor. I would have just gone to the regular doctor and they would have gone, well, that's a shoulder and it hurts and here's some medicine to go do something with it. But she told me about a specific doctor for a specific issue that I had. Now, Jesus is the doctor. He is the doctor and the great physician that this world needs. And we have a responsibility to tell them about this doctor. Has anybody here had an issue, a medical issue, that you're like, I really don't know what to do about this? I am officially outside of my comfort zone, and my expertise has run dry. That's where the world is right now. It's easy for me, it's easy for us in the church to go, well, get here. But they have no concept, no reference, no frame of mind for what here is and what's waiting for them when they get here. So we have a responsibility to tell them not just about the physician, but about the remedy and the quality and the faithfulness of the physician that we found. And not just the cure, but the wholeness that follows. Amen. Jeremiah 17 and 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jesus can. He is the heart doctor that we all need. And we still need to visit him daily to treat our own condition. So how do we get people to Jesus? We do what my wife did. We tell them, you have said problem, Jesus has the cure. You've got this situation, Jesus has the cure. But how are they going to find the cure if nobody tells them? You know, it's like I expect my son to do something. But how can I expect my son to do something if I don't tell him what I expect him to do? He's six. He's not going to magically just go, oh, yeah, dad wants me to pick up my playroom. Not at the top of his list. Romans 10 and 14 says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now, a preacher here is me. Somebody say me. me. We, you, us, I, we are the preacher in that context. We have the responsibility to take the experience and the word that we have and that God has imparted to us and give it back to somebody else. Jesus is the prescription and the remedy for this world, whether they like it or not. Has anybody ever taken medicine you don't like? It, as my son gets older, the medicine seems to taste worse. And it's more and more of a fight every time he has to take it. But it's like, son, you'll feel better after you take your medicine. And that's what we need to showcase to the world. Look, it's not always fun. It's not fun being told everything you've done for the last however long was wrong. It's not fun having your entire worldview flip upside down and realign with the way it should be. It's not fun having to realize that I've been making a gigantic mess in where I was headed until this point. But that is exactly what people need to be, to be told out of love. So the prescription that Jesus gives reads something like this. Take one daily each of grace, mercy, 
and love. Exercise continually in repentance and prayer. Go and tell someone about Jesus. Hallelujah. Wow, that was awesome. I need to take that prescription. How about you? Why don't you stand with us again? We're going to continue in the presence of the Lord as we worship with another song. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name, oh God. How excellent is your name in all the earth. Jesus, we worship you, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, we glorify you, Lord.
favorite preacher, um, teacher. I enjoy being here when we have, we have been here more this year than the last 17 years. And, um, but for the next few months, pastor is going to have me do some, uh, whatever I do. So you just need to pray because, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not pastor. I am what I am by the grace of God. And so I will be, um, I only know one subject. I mean, some people are great theologians. Your pastor is an incredible developer, a developer of leaders. It's amazing. Me, all I know is I was lost and now I'm found. And I have... I have a testimony that Jesus found me in a pit and dug me out of a pit and I spent the last 50 years telling my testimony and somehow people have been able to connect with God and so I think starting this Saturday night 
one of the most amazing things I've ever been had been had the ability to be a part of is uh, actually I'm a part of it but brother James and sister Naomi are organizing the teams it's going to be an entire church effort for those that will be involved and um, we hope that even if you maybe don't start off involved that as time passes you will become involved as you see St. Mary's County transformed as you see not just addicts but broken people broken people from so many experiences in their life we're reaching for them all and we ask you if you know anybody that's broken invite them to come on Saturday night Saturday night will, this Saturday night will be uh, just, it's going to be the start. We're stepping out. We don't know where it's going to take us, but we're going to step out by God's grace. We do have, I have a young man coming who's going to give a testimony. Um, that's going to be like the focal point of that meeting. But he was, a, when he was a teenager in California, his life was messed up. Uh whatever drugs he was uh, I won't tell you the story come if you want to hear it but um, today he is a preacher of the gospel and a lot of what he does is he tells his testimony of where he was laying in the streets left for dead but God had mercy and God changed his life and um, invite you to come and be a part of it it will be our first it's launching a whole new area. You know, uh, I say that I believe that in the next six months, you're going to see so many people come to Jesus Christ. I believe that. I believe you're going to see many come to Jesus. So tonight, uh, I want to thank Brother Tyler. Kind of that's like, uh, you know, we just kind of go together, Brother Tyler, because that's kind of what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about... My, my theme for tonight is God can use you. And I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to tell him, God can use you. All right, now I hope to spend the next three hours convincing you that God can use you. Okay. So, amen. I've asked him to help me. We're going to try and sing an old song that's the theme kind of of my life. To, 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 is that the right key? Okay. To be used of God to speak. I don't think it's the right key. Try another key for me, brother. I'm sorry. Mm, to be used of God to speak to sing, to pray, to be used of God, to show someone the way. I long so much to feel the touch of your consuming fire to be used of God is 
is my desire. We butchered the song, but you got the idea. All right? So if you would, get your Bibles, and they're going to help me. They're going to help us by putting the scriptures on the screen. I'm not going to try and sing it again. Okay. The longer I'm here, they'll get to know it. We'll get it figured out. The right, whatever. I'll get it figured out. So, um, I've got a few verses that I gave them that I've asked them to put on the screen, and I'm going to ask you to read them out loud with me. And I want to say this. I'm not here tonight to try and wow you with a message. Last week, I was... I've been praying about the service tonight and I felt like God spoke to me to start by saying to you, I'm here to speak into your spirit. I'm not here to speak into your intellect. I'm not here to try and convince you. I'm not here to argue with you. I'm here to speak into your spirit. It's the spirit that brings forth fruit. It's the spirit that will cause us even those who may feel weak or you may have resistance within your own flesh to what God is calling us to, it's when God speaks into your spirit, changes will take place. In the beginning, Genesis chapter 2, I believe it is, it says that God breathed. He created the man and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul it's the soul where the spirit lives. And by God's grace, and I know no better way to do that than speaking God's own word. So I'm asking you to help me by speaking these verses out loud. Thus saith the Lord, in an acceptable time have I heard thee, and in a day of visitation have I helped thee, and I will preserve thee and give thee for a covenant of the people to establish the earth to cause to inherit the desolate heritages that thou mayest say to the prisoners I want to stop there that thou mayest say to the prisoners this is the journey that we are embarking upon our world is overwhelmed with prisoners and God's going to empower us. I may not be able to sing the song, but the Spirit of God is going to empower us, everyone, to say to the prisoners, go forth, go forth to them that are in darkness. Show yourselves. They shall feed in the ways, and their pastures shall be in all high places. Thus saith the Lord God, I'm sorry, thus saith God, the Lord, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, he hath given breath unto the people. He hath given breath unto the people upon it and spirit to them that walk therein. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness. Lord, let this go into their spirits right now. Let the word of God. This is not 
pastor or bishop or whatever you want to call me. This is God's word. Let it go forth into your spirit. I've called thee in righteousness and will hold thine hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people for a light of the Gentiles. Why? To open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. Can, can Living Hope Maryland accept this, that the Spirit of God is going to speak this into our spirits? That the weak will say, I am strong. That the poor will say, I am rich. The Lord shall go forth as a mighty man. He shall stir up jealousy like a man of war. He shall cry, yea, roar. He shall prevail against the enemies. I have long time holding my peace. This is what God said. I have long time holding my peace. I have been still and refrained myself. Now will I cry like a travailing woman. I will destroy and devour at once. I will make waste mountains and hills and dry up all their herds. And I will make the rivers islands and I will dry up the pools. And I will bring the blind by a way that they knew not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight. These things will I do unto them and not forsake them. Now, I don't know. I'm not listening to see if you're speaking, but I'm telling you, there's something about your mouth. Open, it opens the gate for God to speak into your spirit. You can be stubborn, you can be proud, and you can stand there with your mouth shut and be robbed of the power and authority that God wants to give every one of us. I want to read these last. Yes. Okay, well, what do we got here? Psalms 146.5. Happy is he that hath got the God of Jacob for his help whose hope is in the Lord his God, which made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that therein is, which keepeth truth forever, which executeth judgment for the oppressed, which giveth food to the hungry. The Lord looseth the prisoners. The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. The Lord raiseth them that are bowed down. The Lord loveth the righteous. The Lord preserveth the strangers. He relieveth the fatherless and widow. But the way of the wicked he turneth upside down. Now, Lord, I pray as you have instructed me that your very word which has been spoken this night would be like a fire shut up in the bones of this people that they would go forth without fear that they would go forth young and old 
the weak and the strong, that they will receive the word in their spirit tonight, that they will be used of you, O God, vessels, tools, weapons of war to undo the prison houses that the prisoners shall be set free. That every fentanyl addict will be delivered. That every heroin addict will be delivered. Every pothead, crackhead, cocaine addict, methanol addict, delivered in the name of Jesus. Come on, can I get somebody to praise God with me? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. You can be seated. It is not God's desire that we fold our hands and sit in houses of comfort while the world has been ensnared by the darkness and the prince of darkness that God, through his Holy Spirit and his precious blood, through his powerful word, will give us the authority to see the prisoners delivered. I don't think I have to read any more verses for you to believe that God's word says it's the will of God to open the prison houses and set the captives free. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Uh, so many other verses I had written down that I'm not going to go to. I just, I think, repetitive. I think I want to give you some encouragement that you take your own Bible uh, and you find a place where you can open your Bible. You say, I don't know what to pray. Open your Bible, even if it's to the verses that we just read, and begin to pray those verses out loud. Begin to say what God has already said. Speak it out as your prayer, because God's Word is more powerful than you and I could ever be. So um, um, I'm going to talk to us just for a few minutes about uh, being a soul winner. Uh, that's probably not really even good terminology, but for our understanding, it might be better to say to rescue the perishing. I heard uh, Naomi say tonight, we had a little meeting. Prayer starts at five. If you're a part of that prayer team, prayer starts at five on Saturday evening right here in the auditorium. And at six o'clock, our first impact meeting, which is the Saturday night meetings that will be taking place where we plan on seeing hundreds delivered, thousands even, filled with the Holy Ghost and rise up with testimonies that churches will be started out of our Saturday night meetings, that yes, missionaries will be sent into all the world out of the Saturday night meetings, that the people who come it will astound you as God raises them up and they become instruments of God in ways that some have said in church and only dreamed about becoming because God is going to raise them up to be a testimony, to be a witness of his goodness, grace, and mercy. It will be by the power of God. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It's going to be God that does it. It's going to astound and get the attention of the world. All of St. Mary's County is going to be touched as they see addicts who have been changed, as they see broken hearts who have been healed. Hello? Come on. 
A heart of evangelism is what we must see happen. A heart of evangelism. Or I might say it another way. That God, as this is going forth, would develop within us a heart for the lost. A heart for the broken. And the heart for the broken is not like having pity. Heart for the broken is when you're able to feel what the broken feel. When you have the correct terminology is empathy. That you feel how Jesus feels about how, what the devil has done to people. How he has broken their marriages and broken their lives and put them in sexual perversion and overcome anything that could ever be good in their life. And they think it's a lost cause, but there's going to be a people that rise up, a people of God who will begin to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and lead not to our own understanding. In all of our ways, we will acknowledge him and he shall direct our paths. And we will say to the sick, be healed. And we will say to the blind, you will see. We will say, to the deaf you will hear no longer will we be caught in the in the traps of our past it doesn't matter what you have been or have not been in the past it's a matter of what you will decide tonight i will speak what the lord has said i will speak what the lord has said not how i feel about myself but what god can do So that evangelism will flow as a lifestyle. In other words, it's just part of your life. People will come to you and say, what is it that's different about you? People will notice that your life has been changed. You will have a joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. That joy is not something you get because you are intellectually uh, smarter than others, nor is it because you have done great works that glorify your flesh, but it will be because God uses you as a tool and someone will come to know Jesus and be delivered and be healed and be saved. It will be a joy in your heart that you've never known. It will be a joy in your heart that even the church world has longed to have. But God is going to give to the people who will rise up and say, Yes, thus saith the Lord. It starts with hearing their cry. Hearing their cry. They're dying all around us. I was at a meeting in uh, Louisiana, I don't know, a year ago maybe. And uh, I'm not talking about the meeting I preached. I'm talking about where I went and there were many, many addicts. Uh, many, you know, we say addicts. There's all kinds of addictions. People can be addicted to pornography. People can be addicted to, uh, to uh, hello? About anything, you know. They can be addicted to being sorry for themselves. They can be addicted to pride. They can be addicted to, hello? How we need God. Everyone in this room, don't you think you don't need God? You need God today more than you ever needed God. You can't live for God without God. And the church... The church today, not just this church, 
but the church all across the land. We, unfortunately, it seems to me that we have reached a place of comfort, comfort. And that's what we even seek for, comfort. We even work, so we'll have comfort. We just want to be comfortable. Hello, pipe to me again. There's a verse in the Bible that says it. Pipe to me again, oh, pipers. Hello, and I'm telling you, God is calling his church to his church to the hearts of people and say, can you hear them? They have no joy. They have no peace. They have no healing. They are wounded. They have putrefying sores. That's found in Isaiah chapter 1. They're, they, they have, they've been wounded, and their wounds have become infected, and they have gangrene in their souls. And they don't need just another place of comfort. They need the people of God that learn how to get a hold of their God and learn how to speak the words of their God to this world. Hear their cry. Hear their cry. I think like uh, in Exodus chapter 3, that's where Moses um, learned he heard. He heard God. And it was there that he found his calling. And tonight, I'm praying that someone, look, I think now, I've preached in about every kind of venue there is in the world. I've preached to thousands. I've preached to people at their dining room table. I have preached to all kinds of people, all kinds of denominations. But I'm telling you, that ain't about it. It's, it's more than that. It's more than people knowing who you are. Sometimes I wish people didn't even know me. I'm telling you the truth. I just like, and I'm telling you, the answer is not in you seeking fame. It's not the answer in you seeking form. You're not going to be satisfied with the things in this life. The only thing that's going to satisfy you is that longing in your soul to, to be. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. You've got to seek, oh God, satisfy my soul. Let me find that place close with you. Close with you where your spirit not only is dwelling in me, but it begins to use me. It begins to mold me, make me, and my prayers become effective, and my praise becomes effective. And just coming to the house of God, walking down the street, in the grocery stores, in the bank, let me be used of you, oh God. Agents of change. Change. You can, if you choose to, you can choose just to accept the very sad and sorry world that we have now arrived at. You can accept it. You can just say, well, bless God, that's just the way it's going to be. And then we have certain terminology. Some of the songs tonight even use some things in it that need to be talked about, like he doesn't call us Christians. Did you know that? He did not call us Christians. It was at Antioch. Somebody on the outside first called them Christians. He didn't call us Christians. He calls us citizens. Citizens of heaven. Citizens of a kingdom that's not of this world. This world is not my home. This world, if you've been born again, this world is not your home. You're just passing through. He calls you citizens. He didn't even call, he called it a kingdom. That's the next word, kingdom, kingdom. He called it a kingdom which expresses dominion. And he, the Lord God, has the authority over all. 
The devil is a loser. Sometimes I have been guilty of it myself. If we're not careful, we can begin to kind of lift up the devil and make him think, make people think that the devil is all that bad. I'm telling you, in the book of Isaiah chapter 14, it talks about a time when we're going to see him, the devil, Lucifer. We're going to look upon him. We're going to look narrowly upon him, the scripture says. And we're going to say of that little pipsqueak, is this the one, the man that caused me so much trouble? you got to be kidding me. We live in fear and doubt and pain and sorrow and brokenness because we do not have the understanding that our God is bigger. Our God is stronger. Our God is able. Now, if you're wondering, I don't know how to do this quietly. I'm not doing it because I'm trying to be some shouting preacher. I'm praying somehow that you will remember I said I am here to speak into your spirit. I, want, I must get beyond your intellect. I must get beyond your church. Hello, whatever you want to call it. I must speak into your spirit. I'm not capable, I'm not able, I don't have the power, I don't have the ability to empower you, but I pray that God reaches beyond your mind, reaches beyond your emotions, reaches beyond your unforgiveness. That you will refuse to say, I cannot do this. That you will refuse to say, he, that man just doesn't know how weak I really am. That man just doesn't know what a sinner I am. I may not, but I know God. I may, I may not know your sin, your weakness, your failures, but I know God. Come on, Chris, I know God. The next thing, he called us sons. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. That's what the word says. He didn't, I know there's an attitude we have to have. It's true. It's called humility. If, you, if pride gets a hold of you, it'll destroy you. You'll be the only one thinking you're all that. It won't be God. God ain't thinking you're all that. God's thinking if you'll become humble, he can make you something. God's saying if you just humble yourself before God, I can use you as long as you think you can do it in your own smarts, and your own abilities. God can't use you. You probably don't want to record this one and put it on live stream. You're going, sons not servants. In other words, he doesn't want you, like, you know, some people are so proud that they're humble. Hello? And God's going, get over yourself. This thing of living for God is all of us got to get over ourselves. 
He must increase and I must decrease. In the next six months, you're going to get tired of hearing me. Hello? I'm going to do my best by God's help to move you, to shake this church, to become the most soul-winning church it's ever been. That we'll repent for our comfortableness. That we'll repent from just finding a place where we want people to like us. I pray God, shake us. God, break our pride down. Bring us to altars where we are humble before God. Let me tell you something. Again, my thought, you can be used of God. But I'm going to tell you something about it. When you say, God, use me, you have to put yourself in his hands. And that means whatever's got to happen has got to happen. You might not think so because our world has taught you that this God is a loving God and you're never going to go through any trouble. And God's going, I'll do what I got to do. You said you would, you, you want to be used to me, then I will shake you. I will shake your world. I will shake the way you feel. I will shake the way you think about yourself. I will shake your family. You see, it's relationships. That's the answer. First of all, your relationship with God. Your relationship. To become an effective witness, witness, witness. Sometimes the world cannot hear what we're saying because they see how we're acting. And so God's got to take us through something. Because I'm going to tell you something. People who are broken, they ain't walking around with no pride now. Hello? I know that's not getting a lot of shout. But to be used of God is to say, whatever you got to do, God. I'm not going to get mad at you. I'm not going to get angry at you. And I've seen God take people through some very difficult things. I've watched God take people through valleys. I've watched people be rejected. I've watched people suffer. My word, folks, this is not, God is saying, you said I could use you. Well, the only way I can use you, I got to put you in a position and I got to mold you and make you so that somewhere people see you. They're drawing attention to you. Not as a big shot, but as a vessel, a vessel. Well, I thought, man, if I was going to be used to God, that means mean I'd be the best singer. And God's going, hello? I, whatever. I, I, God likes good singing, too. He made good singers, too. But sometimes, some of us ain't good singers. He says, still sing. That's, that's not my point, though. My point is, you don't get to choose how God molds you and makes you. 
You don't get to tell God how to run his business. He's God. And here we are living in a world that one of, not a one of us can deny the fact that the world is so broken. So broken. All we can do is do what I do in church. Tell everybody it's a broken world. And we all agree it's a broken world. But then when we get to an altar somewhere, God brings us to a place where we're broken before God. And we're crying out, God, save my world. Save my family. Don't let my grandkids be lost. Come on. Don't think any family is escaping what's going on in this world. Don't think any of us are so good that your children are going to be perfect. Hello, my Jesus. I can't believe I'm saying some of this. So, well, I'm going I'm to make them live for God. Hello, that ain't happening. So what does it take, God? It takes, you have to have a willing heart. You, I cannot make you do anything, but God has to bring you to a place where you're broken before God and you say, God, how, whatever you got to do to use me, whatever you got to do to shake me and mold me so that I can be used of you, here I am. I'm in it, God. Use me. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll become what you want me to become. Here I am, God. You're the potter. I am the clay. And I say that tonight, I say that tonight without knowing what tomorrow may bring. But I know my God, just like he is faithful, he expects you to be faithful. Hello? He called you. He put his spirit within you. You took on his name. We love his presence. We really are trying to live for God. You're a wonderful people. You're a good people. I kind of qualify that, but yeah. But the truth is, we have all. I believe that. I believe this church has. Otherwise, we wouldn't see what's happening beginning to happen. And some of you, God has had to take you to the bottom like He stomped on you. God has taken you to a place where you think, "Dear God, what are you trying to do? Kill me?" And He's no. I'm just positioning you I'm going to put you in a place some of you have prayed for a miracle hello and I'm going to tell you something we want to see a miracle but I don't know that we want to be the miracle hello but God is going to take you at your word you said use me God and God said all right and we prayed God save my children save my grandchildren hello I mean that But I don't know what it's going to take for that to happen. I, know, I don't know what it's going to take. You've got the greatest preacher. My Lord, he preaches. My Lord, he preached at a funeral service last week. Oh, my Lord. I have people there, it's a long story, but people there I've known for years, and they come up to me and said, man, such preaching. It was with authority, and the Spirit of God was there. I believe many of those people that are not here, they're not, they don't know this truth that we know. And I looked on the faces and I saw sad people and I saw broken people. But I'm telling you, there is a God that's reaching, reaching, reaching. He's reaching, reaching, reaching. And you got to believe it. You understand? Like, well, I guess that means we're going to grow. 
No, it means you're first of all going to have to grow. You and I, our attitudes are going to have to change, and I'm not trying to criticize you when I say that, but when they come in and when that vile sinner, when that one whose life has been so troubled and so torn up, and they come in here like you came, my brother, and I remember when you came, some of you, and my sister, and I remember when you came, and God had mercy on your filthy soul. And he had, hello, he had mercy on you and saved you. And when they come, you cannot sit there in your comfort. <laughs> to be an effective witness, Acts 1.8, right? He told us, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Why? Hello, not so you sit in church and clap your hands and nothing wrong with that. But I'm telling you, he wasn't trying to make you comfortable. He said, so you will be witnesses all over the world. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Hello, the heathens and the thieves and the robbers and the prostitutes. Hello, and the heroin addicts and the fentanyl addicts. And the broken families say, well, I don't want to hang out with those people. I know we're wanting them to come and hang out with you. I started to say this earlier. I heard, I heard um, today Naomi say another one, like, died. OD, gone, gone. We can't reach that one now. They're gone. God, help us. I'm not just trying to emotionally move us tonight. I'm trying, God, help us to pray God's prayer. Help us to say what God says. He's going to open the prison houses. They're going to come. And I'm going to tell you, the church is going to have to play a role in it. We're going to have to, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Maybe in your heart going, oh, my God. They let them in here too. Yeah, and what if God showed the world what we was when Jesus found us? <sighs> I'm getting close to the end. I'm just telling you that. <laughs> Three things that have to happen to be an effective witness. One, you have to live a life that honors God. Hello? Don't come here. Don't go over here and lie to one another. Don't say I made a commitment and then, hello? Back out on it. Oh, Jesus, the preacher's lost his mind tonight. No, the pastor's gone. <laughs> you see, your lifestyle is the most effective tool you have. And the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, uh, the greater a witness it is. My neighbor came over the other day, and my lawnmower broke down, and uh, I had to push it, get it back up in the garage, and my little grandson was there helping me as we push it, and my neighbor came over. He said, you need some help? I said, that'd be great. So he helped us push it up there, and then I said, uh, he said, well, how's your summer going? I said, oh, we launched a new program. It launches this Saturday. We're going to help. Hello, we're going to reach broken people, broken lives. You want to come? 
He said, I probably need it. I said, that's what I thought. I did not say that. <laughs> but he was not, and the truth is, I can tell. Life ain't so good over there at the neighbor's house. It's not that he's a bad guy. He's just, a, so to speak, a victim of the devil. The devil is beating the snot out of people. And the only righteousness in the earth, yes, it's God, but it's God in you. You understand that. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Your lifestyle. Where are you going tonight? You go to church a lot, don't you? Every chance I get. Hello? What do you all do over there? We run the aisles. If you just told them, well, we go and we kneel and we, hello, have a little mass, that ain't going to attract nobody. So just tell them the truth. We run. We got a guy over there named Brett. He's crazy. James, he's crazy. Bruce, he's crazy. Wayne, he's crazy. Oh, my Lord, we got all these people. Hello, you don't have to exaggerate it. Just tell the truth. You want to come and see? Oh, give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. And we're even living in a Christian world that tells us your lifestyle don't matter. You know why? Because the devil knows your witness means nothing without your lifestyle. Your words are just flapping air if you don't have the lifestyle. You boost your confidence with Bible study. I don't know here who teaches Bible study, but if you don't, we're here to help you. In the next six months, you're gonna, I'm going to walk up to you and say, you teaching a Bible study yet? We're going to have charts available and Bibles available, and we're going to, like I am. <laughs> Hello? I don't know about you, but I believe Jesus is coming. And it will boost your confidence when you get involved with the Bible study. Always pray. Pray and ask God to lead you to hungry people, not just anybody, hungry people. The other night was at that funeral, the lady um, that's the pastor's wife there, we went up and greeted him, and she said, I remember you. She said, I met you at Starbucks a long time ago. Yeah. She didn't tell what she, whatever, how, why she remembered me, but could have been anything, you know. And you got to overcome fear. Hello? You got. You got to, what does it say? Fear, bow, hear, now, right, right. And remember that rejection. Hello? You're going to ask somebody for a Bible study and they're going to say no. Just keep asking. Somebody finally going to say yes. Just get happy about it and scratch off this. That's another one said no, but that's all right. I'm getting closer. That one that's going to say yes is just down the road. 
And let God help you with a commitment to obey the Great Commission. Now, I'm going to tell you something about that. If you're asking when will the voice of the enemy stop assaulting you, uh, never. Hello? He's going to beat you up before you ask for the Bible study and then beat you up after you don't. Hello? He's going to accuse you before, after, during. If you start a Bible study, he's going to be there to meet you at the door before you get in the door. Hello? That's the devil. That's his nature. So you got to make a commitment. You may beat me up, but I'm going to take my scars and go in there and teach a Bible study. I'm going to witness to everybody everywhere I can, everywhere I go. I'm going to go to the grocery store on purpose. Hello? Not to buy groceries, but I'm looking for a soul. What's... Yeah, let's let move on. You see, Jesus will talk to you. It's a spiritual thing. I want you to pray with me right now. You may feel like Jesus don't talk to you, but I want you to pray with me right now. I want you to ask Jesus, help me to be aware when you're talking to me. Now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, as we are all here coming to a close of this service, and, Lord, we have talked about your favorite subject, when in the lost. At this point, Lord, we know we cannot do it in our flesh. We know that in our flesh there dwelleth no good thing. But, Lord, we're asking you, yes, Lord, we're asking you to empower us to hear your voice. Hello, and obey the Great Commission. Now, it's very simple. You just got to go. You just got to go. He may call you. You think, well, that's the pastor's job. I don't know where you got that idea. You didn't get it from the Bible. It's everybody's. Like Brother Tyler told us, it's our responsibility together. Surely you're concerned about your neighbor. I don't care what kind of sinful condition they're in. Or your children. Or your future children. Or your boss. Right? Right? So you got to go. He said, if you'll open your mouth, he'll fill it. Did you know that's in the Bible? He'll tell you what to say. He may wake you up in the morning. He has a real habit of waking me up late at night. And he'll talk to me. And sometimes it's been happened in the past, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. He has said to me, go over to Food Lion. Hello, I went over there. You got to pretend you're buying something, right? Okay, God, where are they at? And let the Spirit, let the Spirit touch you, Levetta. He will, he'll talk to you. Levetta, just tell him Jesus loves him. This is not rocket science, folks. This is just simply tell somebody Jesus loves you. You say, they look pretty bad. Jesus loves them. They're in a bad place. Jesus loves them. Hello? They need to hear it. We're it, folks. Us. The church. The church is probably in its finest hour when we're in those places where we really don't know what to do. 
my God, what do I do? What do I say? Oh, he said, just walk up to him and open your mouth. And he'll fill it. He'll tell you something to tell him. I promise you he will. He'll tell you. Seems like I have a good story about that, but I'm going to run out of time here. He will use you. That's what is it. You, you say, I don't understand, Pastor. I've been coming to church all this time, and I don't feel satisfied. I'm not trying to be mean when I say this, but the only time you're going to feel satisfied is when God uses you. When you open up yourself, God, use me. Whether it's you and your wife, you and your family, you, hello? It's when God, you let God use you. Then you'll feel a satisfaction in your heart. He may say, give him some money. Oh my God, did he really say that? He might. He might say, pray for him. And don't think you've got to say some eloquent prayer. Like, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. No, you don't have to do that. Just ask, could I pray for you? It'll shock you. When I was in, when we first went to D.C., I didn't know what else to do. Everybody thinks I have all the answers. I don't have hardly any answers. The only thing I have is Jesus. I'd walk down the streets. I remember one time standing on a street corner. There's an elderly African-American couple standing next to me. And I, I feel the Holy Ghost say, ask them if you can pray for them. And I'm like, we're on the street corner. He said, ask him you pray for him. So finally, I said, okay, okay. Hey, folks, can I pray for you? They both looked at me, tears started running down their face. They said, I didn't think people prayed anymore. He'll shock you with what he does if you just obey his voice. You got nothing to lose. Everything to gain. All right, let's go to the next slide. A mantle. I'm going to tell you a story in closing. You can stand. This is not, I don't know, you could take it, you don't like it, throw it away. But I'm going to tell you this story anyway. It's not original with me. I watched it, read it on YouTube, but it, it's appropriate for what I want to tell you. I believe this. Everybody today wants a quick fix, even in church. Would you give me a gift so I can do this? No, sometimes God is not going to give you a gift to do what he already gave you the commission to do. That's when you're supposed to clap your hands. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm not trying to be mean when I say that. He has given you the Holy Ghost. He has given you a part of himself. The power within us is there to be a witness. We should be so excited about this coming Saturday night. Somebody said, Was it Michelle? Is that you, Michelle? Yeah. What happened? My aunt had called me the other day, and she said that one of her friends that live up 
Indian somewhere up near DC area and said that she heard of a church called Living Hope down in Lexington Park that was doing some type of program for addiction and then she was coming Saturday, her and her friend. You hear this? Somehow it's getting out there, Brother Gerald. It's traveling through all those folks. Yeah, they're coming. That's awesome. It ought to put tears in all of our eyes. Should put something in our hearts, a sensitivity. This story is about a man by the name of Richard Bunky. And Richard Bunky was a preacher who went to uh, Africa. I don't know. What I do know from some years ago, uh, a friend of mine, Brother Libby, Ron Libby, gave me a series of um, lessons and videos by Richard Bunky. And uh, whatever, he, God used him to perform miracles in Africa. And uh, in this case, Richard uh, Reinhardt, that's it, Reinhard Bonnke, he went to uh, Germany. He was a young man, went to Germany, and he got on a train because he had a few days, and he went over to London. And he's just walking around London. And he walks into this residential area, just walking through the neighborhood, and he sees a name on a... a a mailbox, and the name was George Jeffries. George Jeffries was a well-known evangelist of many years before who had come to London preaching the gospel of Jesus. Hello? And people were, the miracles were taking place. And this Reinhard Bonnke looked at the name on the mailbox. He said, it can't be that guy. But he walked up. He said, the spirit said, ring the doorbell. He rang the doorbell. The lady answered the door. And he, she, he said, uh, is this the home of George Jeffries? She said, it is. He said, can I talk to him? She said, no, you can't come in here. He said, but there was a big booming voice behind her. And he said, let that man in. And it was George Jeffries, the evangelist from many, many years before. And... When he got in, that man, George Jeffries, wrapped his arms around him, and they both fell to the floor, praying and weeping, and um, just great experience. And then Reinhard Bonnke left, got back on the train, went home, walked in the house, and uh, his father, they had exchanged a few words, and his father said, did you hear the news? Did you hear that George Jeffries died this morning? He said, that's not possible. I was in his home last night. And he realized that God had brought him into that position. And he said, here's what he says. He says, he, he gave him a mantle, not an anointing. He gave him a mantle. You know, one thing, and I don't profess, I don't always understand it, but over the last 50 years, my wife is, can witness to this. We've had incredible things happen where many souls have come to the Lord in different places we have been. And I am asking God that in these last days, the mantle that God had given to my wife and I, when we won many, you understand, we know Jesus is the soul winner. But God uses people. And we're asking God to let the mantle of reaching the lost 
to rest upon Living Hope. Not only of Maryland, we're going to go to D.C. and start the same thing. And then we're going to start the same thing over in Aquasco with Brent and Jolene because our world is in trouble. Our world is in trouble, and God's got to help us. It's not a new anointing we need, but it's a new connection we need. It's not a new anointing. We have anointing, but it's a fresh connection with the Lord God Almighty. You see, these things do happen. I pray tonight, let there be a burning in your souls. Jesus will not, I'm sorry, Jesus will lift you out of your pit, but he will not lift you out of your easy chair. You have to decide. You have to decide. I'm through trying to come to church and just be comfortable. I'm through just find a nice easy chair to sit in. They may not like me, but I'm going to tell them about Jesus anyway. They may reject me, but I'm going to tell them about Jesus anyway. Would you just raise your hands? I want to pray. I'm going to pray for that mantle to rest upon you. I pray that God will heal every wound in your heart, that the blood of Jesus will flow in such a power tonight upon the hearts of this people that God will give you, oh yes, each one of you, the mantle of reaching the lost. The anointing is already there, but oh my God, let the fire fall. Let it burn deep within our souls that the purpose for which we have been saved, that we would reach out to a world that's lost and many will be saved in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. You can use me. I wonder... I know, I know. I can dismiss you. Go keep singing. Well, well, they're worshiping. Maybe not everybody. And I just say this. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd. Dot com. So I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus.